Hey everybody, Christian here. Uh, welcome to 2017. We hope it's uh, treating you reasonably well so far, and we hope you ended 2016 uh, kind of, you know, surrounded by love and feelings of home and all that good holiday stuff. Uh, we got a bonus episode for you today. Uh, I had a chat with Stephanie Cook of the Talking Comics podcast and the Rogues Portal blog, and we talked about her latest project, which is a live audio drama called The Five People You Meet in Hell. Uh, we specifically talked about how she got into audio drama, doing the thing live, and uh, what her collaborative process is like. I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. Uh, so I'm going to drop you right into that. It's about 40 minutes long. And then I will be back at the end to let you know what you can expect from the Once in Future Nerd in the near future. All right? Enjoy. All right, so today I am here uh, with Stephanie Cook, who is the editor-in-chief of Rogue's Portal and also the co-creator writer of VRMP, The Five People You Meet in Hell, which is a really fun radio play I've been listening to. Uh, welcome, uh, Stephanie, to uh, the Ones of Future Nerd bonus episode. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat. Well, welcome. <laughs> um, so I guess I'd like to start... Um, it's kind of a uh, uh, trite question, but I, I think in uh, in audio drama, it's always so interesting. Where did the idea for um, five people you you meet in hell originate? Um, I I perpetually have like five thousand story ideas going through my head, and um, I wanted to write something, um. And I, I didn't really know what. And I wrote down a whole buttload of ideas. And um, this one kind of just like stuck in my head. Like I was like thinking to myself, you know, what would like Mitch Albom's like the five people you meet in heaven be if it starred like Seth Rogen? <laughs> That's and, a good pitch. Yeah. And so basically it kind of went from there and there was a bunch of other ideas I really liked. Um, but this one I felt like really kind of, uh, I could, I could do this long form and kind of make it fun and interesting to people who were tuning in and giving our radio production a try for the first, uh, time. And I mean, um, my team, we're all podcasters and we've done, you know, event stuff and, um, podcast stuff by career and trade, that sort of thing. But this was the first time we'd ever done anything like this. Um, and especially as a group too. Um, so, you know, I wanted something that would be really fun for us to write and kind of allow us to, um, you know, enjoy and learn about radio theater. Mm. So, uh, do you want to just uh, quickly give a synopsis of of the story for for the people who who maybe haven't listened yet? Yeah, sure. Um, so you may have gotten a hint from the five people you meet in hell, um, but basically the story is about this guy named Dave, and Dave wakes up um, and he's in hell. He can't remember how he died. Um, he doesn't know how he got there, and he doesn't really know what to expect. Um, so he gets assigned a caseworker named Anya and basically, um, she walks him through his five greatest hits, which are, um, 
the five direct things that damned him to hell, the worst things. Uh, so each episode uh, is him going through one of these memories with Anya and reliving something that helped damn him because he thinks he's a good guy. Like he doesn't understand why he's in hell. And Anya's job is to make him understand that he probably wasn't as good as he thinks he was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so, uh, and I, I can say it's, so I think you have, uh, you have four episodes out and uh, I guess you're, you're planning five total. Um, We're doing six total. Uh, oh, so cool. like we, we did sort of like a little prequel, like, um, to everything, which was him getting to hell and, um, you know, us kind of laying out the groundwork. And basically the first episode is just a longer than normal episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have, and, and one of those is, the first episode is one of his like greatest hits, air quotes. Um, uh-huh. And then from there, there's the five episodes. And then the sixth episode will wrap everything up. So there is purpose to everything that's going on right um and hopefully it'll be a satisfying ending for everyone who worked on it and everyone who's listening to it too yeah and they come out uh, about uh, once a month yeah um we're taking a break this month which we hadn't initially planned on we um had kind of uh planned on pushing through the holidays but because we perform it live um it it wound up being something that we decided to um, hold off on for this month. And so we perform episode five in um, January, and then the whole thing will conclude in February. Awesome. I'm going to come back to the performing live thing because I think uh, you guys are crazy and ambitious and cool for, uh, for doing that. But um, first I want to ask, so did you... Uh, the idea to do it as um, radio theater was it, it like kind of from the beginning were you guys enamored of the of the medium and and wanted to do that or did you kind of uh, back into it as a way that you could get this thing done? What was the 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 relationship to the to the medium? Yeah, um, I didn't know what I wanted to write. I love writing. I love dabbling in different forms that takes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I think it's really important to kind of stretch your writing muscles and try different things. Um, And I love podcasting. Like I've been doing podcasting for like five years now. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'd done a couple like old timey radio plays where we um, did, we reenacted, I guess, um, old comic books and doing the voices was so much fun and I wanted to do more of that and I didn't know how to go about finding that kind of work that I wanted to do just as sort of a passion project out in the world. Um, So I guess I was like, I want to write a radio play. Sure, yeah. (laughs) This seems like a natural progression. Um, And, you know, simple enough. Um, And I had met Emily Milling and Lily Mills, who are my two um, co-creators, um, like weirdly, like just a few months earlier, and um, we'd been doing like some podcasting stuff together, um, and I bounced this idea off of them. I was like, "Hey, what do you think of this idea? What do you guys think if we made?" I think I actually said, "What if I made a radio play?" and 
Emily, um, again, she does podcasting, but she also writes music, was like, oh my God, yes, I want to do this. This is great. And Lily is like a stage director and also a podcaster, but I didn't know these things at the time. Right. And both of them were so on board with it and they were really passionate. And like a week later, we had a meeting where we just fleshed out what we needed to do to make this a reality. And like, it was kind of just like, everything was going like a million miles a minute. And next thing I knew we were writing a radio play. Um, I had intent to do it as a radio play to do like voice acting and such. And I didn't realize that these amazing women would be so on board with it and like help keep me on track to make this a reality. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a great feeling when, you know, everything kind of clicks and it's also, I think it's a nice little boost of affirmation when you show some idea to people you respect and they're like super into it. It's a great, it's like a clue that you should, you know, keep going. Um, Were you like, were you familiar with, other podcast audio dramas because uh, i mean the thing for for us was that we kind of backed into the medium and we're doing it for months and months before we knew that like this was a thing and it's really a thing and more more and more so even recently and we kind of had no idea so were you in that world at all were you listening to podcast audio drama or did you just have familiarity with like you know, the, the broader history of, of radio theater and the experiments you had done? I think mostly it was a broader idea. Like, you know, in my mind, um, what we were doing was something along the lines of like Prairie Home Companion. Uh huh. And, um, I did have like some familiarity, um, with like the thrilling adventure hour, but I never really listened to it. Like I just kind of knew it existed. Right. Um, so you know, like I, it's it's so crappy. I listen to as many podcasts as I can, but my commute isn't really long enough to, you know, always have the time to listen to the things I want to listen to. Yeah. Um, and it's re- I've really only had a commute for a couple months now. Um, so it, I, I don't listen to a ton of podcasts. Um, and so I'm not overly familiar with the sound, but I definitely did like some research into like thrilling adventure hours since they are currently kind of doing what we did with like the live performance and everything. So, um, we did a little bit and then we kind of backed off, um, cause we wanted to kind of do our own thing. Like we got a feel for what we wanted to do and what we needed to do to make it happen. And we kind of just went from there. Yeah. So the yeah. decision to do it live, which I have to keep coming back to because I think it's uh, it's such an amazing undertaking. Um, how did, did you know from the beginning you wanted to do it live? How did you work that out logistically? Yeah, um, it was I, – I felt like doing it live was always what I had envisioned for it. Uh-huh. Um, it seemed like such a fun way to bring people into it and kind of grow our audience organically by word of mouth. You know, we have like, um, for anyone who is listening to this who hasn't, you know, 
um, listen to the show and doesn't know what we do, we do the live performance, but then we also have like an opening act for everyone who's present at the show. So we've had like stand-up comedians. Uh, we had, um, we've had bands, we've had, um, just singer songwriters. Um, and basically they come out and do their performance and then we do ours. So, Ideally, with the openers, we're also bringing in some people that are coming to see them and hopefully sticking around to check out our show, too. Um, I've gotten so sidetracked. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, no I, so, <laughs> so you're like billing it as this kind of live event that there can be a community around and then there's at the center of it is is this podcast. Yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, most of the people that have performed are like – I don't want to say super established, like we're all kind of a passion project. So, you know, it's like, who wants to come have fun with us and come check this out? So, you know, it's not like we're getting some huge um, performers to come like, you know, join us, but everything's been a lot of fun. And, um, you know, we've gotten some people been like, oh, I came for this, but I didn't know. I didn't understand at the time what you guys were doing. And this was like a lot of fun. Um, so going back to the whole thing where um, did we want to do this live always? I did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, at the first episode, I don't think I've had that much anxiety in my life ever. <laughs> yeah. um, and I don't think I really realized, like I wrote a lot of it and we did an amazing job. Like Emily and Lily took on so much um, while I was like writing the first few episodes and trying to get that out of the way that I didn't realize like how much work had been going into everything. Like we did live auditions and like Lily had like audition sheets and like call times and all this stuff. Like she did all of this stuff in Toronto for the Fringe Theater Festival. So uh-huh. like she, you know, was like hardcore knew what she was doing. And Emily and I were just like, along for the ride like we're like creative people that just had no idea we wanted to do this thing and we did we're like whoa like this is so involved yeah um but it's been amazing like i don't know what we would have done without lily like it was really super fortunate that our team came together the way it did um but you know we only have like four microphones and sometimes we have nine actors and um Lily does mic choreography and <laughs> like gets the scripts prepared and she has, you know, like schedules like on the stands for everybody. And um, Lily does all the sound effects and has them queued up for the tech guy. And Emily like puts in music and cues up commercials. Oh, yeah. We have like fake commercials and yeah. trailers that split up the show. Um, they're like, honestly, I, I love our play. So this is not um, any indication of the quality of it. Uh, but the commercials are like legitimately like my favorite part. Like they're so funny. The commercials are really, really fun. It's a, like that's the all the logistics and everything. That's, you know, still uh, the part that gives me cold sweats about doing a, an audio drama. And, you know, we we do it in a, in a studio. So we don't even have to, you know, worry about, you know, we're we're paying for the studio so time is money in in that sense and and the efficiency matters and obviously we want to respect the the time of of our actors um but to have to work i mean 
the the stress that I have every every time we record. <laughs> of, and I've built you know I've built databases to automate the the call time generation and everything, and I still like stay up uh, late at night, you know, worrying before recording sessions. So I'm so impressed um, with what you guys do. And uh, frankly, I mean that. That opening act idea is really good because frankly, and I don't mean this is anything against you guys personally, but just my experience with podcasts, I'm amazed that you had a live audience for your first episode because I think for like the first three months that we were putting out episodes, it was, you know, my mom listening and that, (laughs) you know, (laughs) so. We got a really amazing, um, uh, a lot of people tuned into the first episode, and we've had a really steady audience for the subsequent ones. That's fantastic. Um, and I, I was so over the moon. Like I would have been happy for literally just like my mom to listen to right. it, um, because like honestly, this was so much fun to do. And all I wanted to do was this passion project with cool people. You know, like it. Even if, even if no one had listened to it, not even my mom. Um, like just the whole experience and how much fun it was to put together this whole show. And, you know, I say that, like, I did a ton of, like, the hard stuff, like the sound effects and music Uh and stuff. Like, I wrote – and I'm taking a little tangent here for two seconds. I We we had, like, leading up to it, we had little writers groups. So um, we would – kind of put an open call out to anybody in like the Toronto area to come join us for like a writer's circle. And we told them the plot and helped build the skeleton of the episodes. That's, that's, that's really cool. So you kind of, you kind of like crowdsourced some of the, the writing in a sense. Yeah. So initially like the idea was there. Um, I, me, Emmy uh, and Lily had come up with the one idea that we were going to stick with because we kind of felt, you know, crowdsourcing a ton of ideas was just going to be overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so from there, um, we got to the meeting and we were like, here's our story. These we We're aiming to do like five or six episodes. How do we do this? And then we just kind of went to like a pub and it's a really nice pub where there's like nice comfy couches and yeah. it's like a really nice atmosphere. And we just brainstormed ideas of things we could do in each of the episodes. And um, we did like two or three meetings where we fleshed out each episode and kind of figured out how we could get it from point A to point B. Um, and then I went and wrote, um, I, I wrote episodes one, two, three, and then Billy Billy Seaguire, who also helps me out on Rogue's Portal, he's one of our editors and um, a friend. Uh, he went and um, he wrote episode four. He's writing episode five, and then I'm finishing off with the finale. Cool. Hmm. Um, and so you said uh, Emily was a is a composer, right? Yeah. And the she is is the your theme music hers. Yes, I have, you have to uh, pass along my my compliments. I love her like arrangement. I'm gonna go on a little bit of a of a tangent here, um, but uh, Ennio Morricone, who did the score for like a lot of uh, like spaghetti westerns and stuff, he would always make these bizarre arranging choices that like shouldn't 
make sense, like using, you know, a, a reverby electric guitar in a time when there were not electric guitars, and then somehow it just works so well that it's like, yes, that sounds like that thing. And Emily has, has latched on to the fact that, like, for some reason, accordions and, like, power metal electric guitars sound like hell. And it's such a great <laughs> arranging... It, it, like, sets the mood so well for the episodes. I love the score. I, I'm i genuinely so, like, just over the moon every time Emily sends us stuff. Like, she did a ton of the commercials, too, and just works super hard on the show. And I remember when she was kind of getting set up to write the theme song and kind of nail at some of, the, like, the commercial stuff. She messaged Lily and I in our, like, group chat and was like, guys, I got an accordion. I'm really excited. <laughs> and we were like, what? Okay. And it like, works she sent us so like, well. Yeah, she sent us like this selfie and like she has this like maniacal grin and she's like over this accordion and she's like, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but it's going to be great. <laughs> and it it is. Like she's so talented. Um, she's actually been one of our performers uh, for one of our opening acts. And um, I... I don't remember. I'm sorry, Emily. Forgive me. Uh, she posts all of her music on SoundCloud somewhere. Her like on Twitter, it's uh, just Emily Milling. Um, but uh, she did these performances, and I was like cackling. Like I knew Emily was talented, but I'd never seen her perform live before. And her songs were so funny. She wrote a song about how her mom has an irrational fear of werewolves, and like. <laughs> Not when she watches movies, like she, you know, will watch like a werewolf movie and be like, wow, I'm really scared. Like, Just like she has in her life? Yeah. She thinks that like werewolves are apparently this like real thing and this real threat like in the world. And so, you know, she wrote Amazing. a bunch of other songs, but this this one was the one that like stuck in my mind. Um, and they're hilarious. Like I genuinely, and not just because she's my friend, think that like she's on the same level as like... Jonathan Colton, like, Paul and Storm. Like, she's so talented. So, you should check her out. Yeah, I intend to, because I, I the score is fantastic. Um, so, would you say, and this is uh, kind of a put-you-on-the-spot question, maybe, but would you say there's, like, um, a defining, you know, uh, ethos to this project? Like, is there something you're trying to get at, or is there, like, a theme that's emerged as you've done it or is it just kind of you fell in love with the with the concept and and saw where it where it took you organically yeah you know like it definitely kind of grew over time like we had an idea of where this was all gonna go and um i'm i'm writing the final episode like i've I've started it and i'm kind of trying to finish it up now um but it's evolved like characters grow and change and um I originally had one ending in mind and I just kind of felt like it wasn't satisfying enough. Um, and so I've been kind of reworking it and I'm really happy with the direction it's all going to go in now. Um, but it, it all kind of grew. Like we initially kind of set out to just write this story about him being this crappy dude um, and not really have any, you know, like, it, it was just meant to be something fun for us to work on. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there now there's like layers to it too. Like, um, without kind of, 
I, I guess it's mentioned. I don't know why I was like weird about not mentioning this. Like I, I'm, I'm into like occasionally having like subtleties and stuff. But <laughs> each episode is one of the seven deadly sins. Mm-hmm. So like, even though we only have six episodes, the uh, kind of extended first episode where we have like a prologue um, covers one of the sins there too. So we basically have two in the first episode and then we uh, touch on one of those in each episode and it's kind of leading up to him ticking off all of those sins and kind of really being, you know, the shitty person that (laughs) belongs in hell. Right. Um, we can, uh, we can cut this out if this is gonna, uh, spoil anything or give too much away, but there's, um, I guess there's an argument to be made that, uh, you know, pride overarches everything because there's this idea of kind of the, the hubris of, of course I'm a good person counter to all of the available evidence. Yeah. And, you know, like he is on this like journey to kind of realizing that, you know, maybe he wasn't like he wasn't a good person and he's seen it through other people's eyes is what the kind of flashbacks are meant to do so that he is literally watching it happen as an outsider. Yeah. So I, yeah, it's, it's been like really interesting to kind of have this guideline to it. I wouldn't, this, the whole seven deadly sins thing, um, you know, came up, somebody suggested it like it wasn't something that we had initially kind of thrown in there but they were like what if you based all of the episodes on one of the sins and we were like well duh that obviously that makes so much sense like why was that not like the first thing we all thought of but (laughs) that was the beauty of the writer's circles like it i'd never worked with anybody before um to write something and it was one of the most rewarding experiences I've ever had. Like it was so much fun. And like the story I truly believe is like a thousand times better than it could have ever been. If I had been the only one working on it. Yeah. We've, um, we've just started this season, uh, started to write, uh, collaboratively the, the, uh, the first season, uh, which was like, 45 episodes and went on for like two and a half years was just um me and me and my my co-producer uh doing all of the writing uh but then this season uh we've started to write collaboratively with with several of the actors and yeah there's there's stuff i'm uh i'm finding that is just like you know first of all i should have thought of that but like i'm so glad that you know you're here to to do it you know to to actually think of it and it just unlocks so much yeah and bouncing stuff off of people is even if you're kind of just talking to yourself sometimes it just helps to say those things out loud and have somebody be like yeah 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 that's great yeah I think and that's true um you know the show has been growing too like in the sense of um i have like a friend who helped out with the writer circles but she's like i've been writing this thing like why don't we write like do this as a play next or like all these people want to like contribute to future seasons and um it's like amazing people have submitted commercials to us um and like episode four was all submitted commercials like people who sent those in and recorded them and did like the music and the sound effects who are the guys who, who the, the haunting company with, oh my like, the god Boston that's accident. my 
favorite. Yeah, that was really good. Like, I swear to God, at work the next day, they have, like, no idea, like, what I, like, do in, like, uh-huh. my spare time. Like, I come into work, and I'm like, I did this radio play thing, and they're like, who are you? <laughs> like, they just are just like, you're weird. Um, I, I'm going to mess up his name. The guy who wrote that commercial, um, his name was uh, Stefan Awaskow. Awaskow. Uh, and then um, I believe um, the other people that worked on it were Zach Dowd, Brody Curry, and Blair Slater, and Alex Shannon. Um, that was yeah. a super fun one. Yeah, I think because the, the second commercial in um, this episode uh, kind of had a throwback to mm-hmm. uh, We Can Haunt It. Yeah. it oh, so funny. I... The, honestly, the best part, like I, this episode was the first episode that I didn't, I, I edited Billy's script, but, um, you know, it was still his script, not mine, where I'm like super familiar with all the beats and what's kind of coming. Uh huh. Um, but the commercials are always completely fresh to me because, like Emily, um, even the ones that we kind of wrote or I had like some awareness of, Emily would record those, um beforehand in in most cases a couple we performed live as well but i wouldn't hear those commercials for the first time until the live performance and i'd be sitting at the table like just kind of paying attention to the show and like anxious and like oh god i hope people like these things and then like the commercial break would come on and i just like let loose and be cackling <laughs> they're so funny and uh, i they're genuinely one of the best parts of the whole thing to me. Yeah, they're they're super fun. I mean, I, yeah, I, I I enjoy the show. I, I I enjoy the main plot line, but the commercials are a nice little fun stab in the in the middle of of everything else that's going on. They're always always look forward to them. Um, so your uh, your theater company is a is a is a non profit theater company. I I don't. I'm from the u.s and uh yeah. we're we're terrible at arts grants so i have no idea how that works so maybe you wanted to talk about that a bit for for our american listeners yeah i mean we we have like a larger company in theory like we're not affiliated with any actual theater group like we have you're, VRMP. The, you're the theater group yeah so the the overlying production company um is called VRMP um, radio. So it's really dumb. We were kind of like looking around Emily's apartment, trying to like name this play and like basically just saying things that we saw like on the walls and shelves and stuff. And she was just like, very radio much play. Like, <laughs> is, that, and, is that what it is? Yeah. And we were like, we, we were just writing everything down. And Again, at one of the writer's circles, we're like, all right, we need to name this production. We need to find something that we can call this. And we were, like, reading the things out loud. And somebody was like, well, we need a call sign. Like, we need, like, a radio call sign. And Very Radio Much Play broke down to VRMP. Which sounds like, Um, yeah, a plausible radio station. Yeah, exactly. So we were like, well, that's it. That's the thing. (laughs) I like it. It's really silly when you try and explain that. are like, well, what does it stand for? And we're like, well. <laughs> um, but it, it just had a really nice ring to it. And it's not so shockingly, it was really easy to buy as a domain everywhere. Nice. Um, and so we were not 
we're a nonprofit in the sense that basically right now everything's out of pocket. So anything that we do make like at the door, we make all of our money currently like doing the live shows like from donations. Yeah. Um, but that basically covers our costs uh, to rent the venue, which is fantastically cheap. We rent this amazing theater called the Social Capital Theater in Toronto. And they charge us like nothing. They charge us peanuts. Um, and they give us a tech guy, a bartender, like this amazing space and That's all awesome. the microphones. It's so good. And yeah. there's, it's, we have an entire floor to ourselves and oh God. This they is, charge us nothing. Uh, I kind of want to move to Toronto. We're in yeah. New York City. <laughs> that, that doesn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's it, it's really fortunate. Like I had done um, some stuff there before and Lily had worked there on some comedy stuff too. Um, so it really just worked out um, that we got this place and it's just phenomenal. It has, it's cozy enough that, you know, when it's, we have a lot of people, it feels packed, but if there's not a huge turnout, which thankfully hasn't really been a thing yet, um, it still kind of feels intimate but not like empty yeah um so it's been amazing and i we're not like a registered non-profit organization of any sort but we kind of are starting to look into like sponsors and how to kind of monetize this even a little bit to cover our costs a bit more because um we do want to do more of this like we do want to do more seasons uh we've already kind of started plotting out some things and discussing um uh doing other people's shows that they've pitched us um and you know we're we're trying to figure out if it's like financially viable to keep doing like live shows um or if we're going to kind of have to go to like a studio as well um so i mean i i wish we could work towards some grants or something but that's like I think down the line, like we're all kind of like frazzled running around trying to, uh, you know, get the next episode out and kind of, uh, put together. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the struggle for, for all of us. Um, something I wanted to come back to, I probably should have talked about this, uh, sooner, but just kind of thematically, um, with your story, because you know we're a we're a fantasy show, so I try to have some tie in to to fantasy um, and everything. Um, and I think that you know this is just good writing in general, but especially something people talk about now with like the popularity of uh, Game of Thrones is that every you know every good villain um, is the hero of their own story, and mm. I feel like uh, your show does this interesting thing where like that's that's part of it but it's almost like we're seeing uh you know dave who thinks of himself as a hero and all of the stories that he's the villain in yeah like he doesn't think he's he a lot of them are very kind of trivial things like you listen to the show and it's almost kind of funny because you're like this guy went to hell for like these things because like the bad date and yeah yeah, and they kind of add up in the end, and we kind of we'll we'll explain some things. Yeah. But um, he, I think it, it's like a thing that everyone thinks. Like like you said, like every villain is the hero of their own story, and he just doesn't come to terms with that. Like he doesn't see even after seeing <laughs> why these things are bad. Right. Um. He just doesn't get it. It doesn't compute. And his caseworker 
has been in hell for like hundreds of years and just does not have the patience right. to deal with somebody who is completely ignorant to their own ways and refuses to learn. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's been a lot of fun writing their dynamic. Um like Anya which I don't, I feel like a lot of people have asked me this but like they're like is this like a Buffy thing and I'm like yes, like 100%. <laughs> like she's definitely named after Anya. Um but it, yeah, like it, it's it's been fun cuz like so far you know, we've been talking about like from the beginning, is it going to be a redemption story? Is there going to be some way that Dave is going to not be a shitty person? Um, and it's been fun not doing that, like just kind of letting his life as it happened uh, play out and enjoying just kind of the ridiculousness of um, what his life was before he wound up in hell. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that answered your question. No, or not. It, it, it was it, well. It wasn't even. It was it was a it was a shitty. I'm gonna talk a bit as an interviewer question and and less of a question. So uh, that's that's my fault. Um, do you before we uh, before we wrap this up? Do you want to talk a bit about um, Rogue's Portal and what you guys are doing there? Yeah, sure. Um, I I love projects. Yes, uh, it I seems that way. Per- yeah, I like perpetually take on way too much. Um, but I think I'd like die without a million things to do. Like I've not been bored in a very long time and I like it that way. Yeah. Um but yeah, like earlier this year in March, um, after doing like comic book stuff and podcast stuff for uh talking comics, I decided I wanted to try running my own site. And I'd been basically um running more or less like talking comics um a that's, long a, time. that's a comic books podcast right yeah yeah and i'd been running kind of the site um that went along with it and i just it, it was good it was great but i wanted to have my own site like i wanted to have full control over everything going on and build a podcast network um bring on contributors and just kind of have our own way of doing things and expand beyond just comics. I love comic books, but I love movies. I love TV shows. I love books. I, you know, I love everything to do with pop culture, video games. And um, I wanted to be able to have all of those things incorporated into a new project. Uh, so we launched and it's been like amazing. Um, you know, we, we cover all of those things I mentioned and more. Um, we have like a rotating roster of like 40 or so contributors um, that just want to write about the things they'd love and podcast about the things they love. And we have guest contributors come on and Billy Seguire, who again helped with um, the five people you meet in hell and wrote episodes four and five. Um, he coordinates site takeovers where like for one day we just have articles from one thing. Like we have, we've had alien day, uh, Ghostbusters Day, Star Trek Day. We had a Gilmore Girls Day. Um, we just kind of devote a day once a month to mm-hmm. something in pop culture that people can contribute articles to. And it's amazing. Um, Amelia Wellman, who I've known forever too, 
um, edits all the stuff with like Billy and the, and then some like they're saints for all the work they do on this site. Um, I owe them like a lot of beers and cookies <laughs> and all of the things that poor freelancers give to people yep. who are in, you know, grateful to. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's been such an amazing passion project. And uh, while I have VRMP, like we have our own site that we uh, put all the podcast stuff up on. I also, I guess, syndicate it to uh, Rogue's Portal as well. So oh, that cool. it's kind of hitting as many um, uh, potential new listeners that we possibly can. Yeah, that's always that's always the struggle. Yeah, like it's I I love the podcasts I do for like comic book stuff and pop culture stuff, but like this we put so much work into it. You know, like we wrote this, we did the music for it, we did the sound effects for it, we performed it live. We have these amazing voice actors and all I want is just people to take a chance and listen to it. Well, why don't you tell people how they can do that? See, I, I know how to broadcast. So. <laughs> Segways. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's uh, mostly like we're, we're not too active on the other kind of social media stuff because we all have a lot going on. But we post the new episodes to vrmp.ca. So like very radio much play .ca. Uh -huh. um, all of the episodes can be found there. Uh, we're also on Facebook. We use that a bit more. Uh, you can see some of the photos from the live performances and like video and stuff too. Um, and it's facebook.com uh, slash VRMP radio, all one word. Um, and then I post a ton of it there too. And like I'll post stuff from like our like writers groups on like my Twitter and stuff, um, which is just like at Hello Cookie. But we post all of it on vrmp.ca and the Facebook page mostly, and we're available to download pretty much anywhere you can possibly get a podcast. Great. Uh, anything else you want to uh, ask people to check out before we before we split? Oh my god. I mean, <laughs> right now, like, all of my efforts are being thrown into the radio play, so like, sure. that's, that's my baby, and that's really, I mean, Rogue's Portal, you can obviously go check out. Um, Twitter uh, and the website is just Rogue's Portal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I post about all of these things because, again, freelancer folk really need to just kind of overshare all of their stuff yep. over and over again. So if you need one place to go check out all that stuff, Twitter is me at Hello Cookie. That was not words. No, that was word. That was an, yeah. an English yeah. sentence. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you can expect, you know, very fine-tuned uh, tweets like that from me <laughs> online. <laughs> well, Stephanie Cook, thank you so much uh, for joining us on the show. Uh, her show is VRMP, The Five People You Meet in Hell. It's a really fun uh, radio play that I've been enjoying immensely. I think you guys might, uh, too. And uh, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Hi again, everyone. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Stephanie Cook. But uh, now on to the future of the once and future nerd. Uh, if you've been following us on Facebook or Twitter or Tumblr, you 
probably already know this, uh, but we have announced the title of book two. It is Myth Made Flesh, and the first chapter of book two will be called A Cruel and Sullied World. We've also announced that the first episode will be coming out within the first 90 days of this year, and that is still true. Uh, chapter one is recorded. We're deep into post-production, so we're still very much on track uh, for that timeline. And we're hoping to give you an exact release date for all four episodes of Chapter 1 in the next couple of weeks. In the meantime, you're going to start to see bonus content popping up in your feed uh, more often than it than it has been as we lead up to the release of Book 2. You know, some of it's going to be interviews, some of it's going to be some some other stuff uh, that I think you'll really dig just as we kind of get back into the, into the flow of things leading up to, to Book 2. So then, while I've got you here, I do want to give a huge thanks to everyone who supports the show on Patreon. Special shout-out to the supporters who've newly joined during our hiatus. We really appreciate your faith. Uh, your wait is almost over, and as a reminder, you are not being charged until episodes come out. And similarly, thanks to everyone who's bought merch, or who's bought our song, The Singing Sister, or who bought the Book One Special Edition from Audiobooks on Tape. That's the USB stick uh, shaped like a cassette that has all of book one on it. All that stuff is still on sale if you want it, uh, but we really appreciate you, you chipping in. Uh, this show is a labor of love for everyone who makes it. We are still in the red for every single episode we make, but your guys' support makes it so much easier to just you know, write that check and, and go into the studio. And if we ever somehow become profitable, there's a lot that we'd like to do to expand and improve the show and to take care of all the people who make it. So uh, thank you so much to everyone who, who chips in what they can and, and helps us towards that. I also really want to thank everyone who shouted us out on Facebook or Twitter or Tumblr or Reddit uh, or written us an iTunes review. Firstly, because word of mouth is probably the best way for other people to find the show. And second, because that shit is food to us. If I've like had a long day and I'm really struggling to find the energy to write that next scene or edit that next episode or what have you, and then I get the notification that somebody posted something nice about us somewhere, it is like a double shot of espresso, really. I, I cannot thank you guys enough for doing that sort of thing. A uh, couple that I want to acknowledge in particular. iTunes user Pies and Falks says, I love this podcast a lot, okay? It addresses the problems in its genre in a way that is refreshing, plus it's super funny. Highly recommended. Thank you for that. I want to thank Hazel on Tumblr. Their blog is called Radiolaria with two eyes. Uh, Hazel included us in a list of podcasts that aren't popular enough and described us as socially aware D&D, which I love. Also got to thank the blog Will's Podcast Reviews. Their Tumblr URL is USS Horrible Unending Nightmare with dashes in between. Uh, not only did that blog post a lengthy review of us, they also included us as their fourth favorite fictional podcast of 2016, which is staggering considering one through three were Wolf 359, Bright Sessions, and Orbiting Human Circus of the Air. So a very esteemed company that they have placed us in. Uh, that is a huge compliment. Uh, seriously, the, uh, the Tumblr crowd has really been bringing their A-games to the Let's Flatter the Once and Future Nerd Party. Uh, I've seen mood boards, Spotify playlists. Uh, there's fan fiction. Somebody wrote a fan fiction, you guys. I'm so I'm making a policy of uh, not reading fan fiction, but I love 
knowing it exists, we all do, and based on the tags of this particular fanfiction, it seems like it is absolutely filthy, so we are genuinely over the moon um, about that. Um, Okay, that is all I've got for you right now, Uh, but with any luck, you'll be hearing from me again soon, and until then, be well.